welcome back to the fanfiction tapes. I'm your host today, Maya, a pronouns she, her, and today I'm joined by... A uh, rather low energy Ian the producer, pronouns he, him. We're recording this episode a little bit earlier than usual today, uh, and today's topic <sighs> is our first story spotlight in a hot minute uh, since July. I had to count the months real quick. We're talking about what moves the dead. Something new we're doing with these episodes is a, sort of a spoiler line where you can listen to part of the episode without worrying about spoiler, but if you've already read it and want to hear us lose our gourds, or if you're based and just don't care about spoilers, you can keep listening past that point. Uh, what Moves the Dead is by novelist T. Kingfisher, the uh, pseudonym for author Ursula Vernon and her uh, more marketed towards young adults and adults books rather than her more children's books which is what she publishes under the name of Ursula Vernon for yeah this is definitely not a story for small children so no yeah this is I enjoyed reading this this is not something I would hand to a small child Okay, so, what the hell is the book about, Maya? You've been rambling on for long enough already. What Moves the Dead, as it says kind of on the back cover, when Alex Easton, a retired soldier, receives word that their childhood friend Madeline Usher is dying, they race to the ancestral home of the Ushers in the remote countryside of Ruritania. What they find there is a nightmare of fungal growths and possessed wildlife surrounding a dark, pulsing lake. Madeline sleepwalks and speaks in strange voices at night, and her brother Roderick is consumed with a mysterious malady of the nerves. Aided by a redoubtable British mycologist and a baffled American do doctor, Alex must unravel the secret of the House of Usher before it consumes them all. The name... The House of Usher may sound familiar to some listeners. This book is basically a retelling of the short story by Edgar Allan Poe, The Fall of the House of Usher. Yeah, it was. I, I'm i not terribly familiar with Poe's works. I've read a couple of them for English classes, and I was not familiar with The, house, uh, the Fall of the House of Usher before I read this book. And I don't. I really don't think you need to have read The Fall of the House of Usher to enjoy this book. No, it is a retelling. Things are changed. I think the broadest outline of the story remains the same, but... Some plot elements and, I think, likely setting are kept, I'd suspect. The the setting of it in a fictional small European country. I don't know, actually, if that is original to the source material. I believe Kingfisher mentions in her author note about dis, uh, whether uh, something about the... Uh, hang on a second. I'm, I have the book right in front of me, so uh, let me just thumb through it. I don't know if it actually specifies. I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page for the fall of the House of Usher. I think it's also, yeah, I think that's from a different um, tradition. 
The Ruritanian Romance. Ah. Yes. Anyways, uh, where were we? Uh, spoiler-free reviews. What did you think of That Which Moves the Dead? Oh. But why are you doing that? I just realized I just called it That Witch. Uh, no, it, it's What Moves the Dead. I had the wrong name uh, for the title of our script. Whoops. So I'm a little bit of a fan of Kingfisher in general. She seems to be an author who is, uh, as they say in my family, from the mothership. Words are hard. Words are indeed hard. I was not very familiar with Kingfisher's work, by contrast. Uh, a friend had recommended to me another one of Kingfisher's work, and of course, as I mentioned this, my brain escapes me. Wow, we're, we're having a rough day today. Nettlin Bone, there we go. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was... It's a little unsettling, but it's not, you know... It's not What Moves the Dead. What Moves the Dead is, I think, firmly in the horror category. Nettlin Bone is just kind of more the... Uh, creepy and a little bit f***ed up in a good way uh, fantasy. Yeah. So we you mentioned at the top that Kingfisher is her pen name for the more adult works. Yes. And that includes both horror, like What Moves the Dead, uh, or The Hollow Places, which I mentioned on the Cosmic Horror episode, as well as dark fairy tale retellings like Nettle and Bone, and a few quote-unquote fluffy romances, like Sword Heart, which features a passage of flying slimes that consume people. I... That, that could fit into a fluffy romance. I could see it. I mean, it fits, yes, but the, the heroine clearly has a little bit of PTSD over it. Mm-hmm. We, we are getting a little off track. <laughs> yeah, the other thing to mention about Kingfisher's work is the frequent and notable inclusion of LGBTQ plus characters. Shocker that this is something that's popular with the folks behind this show. Uh-huh. In several works, queer characters play an important role if they are not the protagonist themselves. Swordheart is a straight romance, but one of the most important supporting characters is a non-binary lawyer priest who is a very practical person and saves the heroine's inheritance from her grasping relatives. In The Hollow Places, the heroine is aided by her sassy gay barista friend. And in What Moves the Dead, our viewpoint character, Alex Easton, is transmasculine? Uh, I don't know if I would say that necessarily, but... Kingfisher has set up a fictional gender system in this fictional kingdom of, what was it, Galicia? Yeah, I believe so. Gender's a little bit funny there. You have... The primary genders are male, female, and soldier. 
Yes. And so while the uh, a lot of the book descriptions use they for Alex, those are not actually the correct pronouns. They have neo pronouns that I'm failing to remember. I think it's Ken. Can with a Can. K. There we go. I definitely noticed when I was reading, I, I was a big fan of that particular element. But um, to everyone listening, that should come as absolutely zero surprise. So, <laughs> back on topic. Our kind of reviews for what moves the dead. I liked it. I am... Something of a chicken when it comes to horror. I don't do well with jump scares. I am prone to jumping out of my seat, uh, jumping out of my seat, swearing profusely, and falling over. I I really enjoyed the story. It was engaging. I was thoroughly spooked. Uh, as I'll kind of talk a little bit more about after we cross the spoiler line. And I definitely intend on going back and reading it later. And actually, this was uh, one of the books I picked up from the library, so I will have to acquire a physical copy at some point. Ian? Hmm. Thoughts from you on what moves the dead? I'm just recalling that when I first acquired the book, I posted about it in The Nest. And I was just looking up what I had originally said there. <laughs> I have a new book. Post photograph, very tempted to stay up late devouring it. Two hours later, <laughs> I have finished What Moves the Dead. It's not long. It's quite good. And if I ever meet Mrs. Kingfisher, I have but one question for her. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> and now I'm going to take a nice long shower and try to sleep. <laughs> I do recall actually finishing reading What Moves the Dead, like, kind of late at night and then going straight to bed, which was a decision. Uh, certainly is. So if that's all we can kind of say without delving into the flesh of the book, as it were, what say you to recross the spoiler line? Yes. All right, so for once, our listeners. Oh. Once you are past this point, the mycelia are in you. Yes, we are going to be talking spoilers for the plot. You have had your warning to turn away now. Okay, I'm going to assume you have taken the uh, roughly 30 seconds or so to pause. And stop watching and go read the book. And now you're back. Welcome back. So... I can't look at a pond with anything more than a light level of scum anymore. <laughs> I know, right? And, uh, oh boy, yeah, I, um... I've never been especially fond of fungi. Well, okay, I like eating mushrooms. Yummy, yummy. Great on pizza, great on everything. But... Mmm, man, this book really deals with the fact that Fungi are neither alive nor dead. They're not, not, neither plant nor animal. There we go. That's the words I was looking for. Not sure why I associated with plant, plant with alive and animal with dead, but I did. That is a very interesting association. Yes. 
And this uh, this also kind of deals with the I don't know what corners of the internet uh, you, dear listeners, uh, frequent, but the ones that I frequent sometimes talk about a couple of fungi that are known for committing zombie and taking over the bodies of usually ants. Yes, the cordyceps. And this, of course, takes... What Moves the Dead takes the cordyceps concept to its... um, logical next step and you see a fungus capable of um well moving around in larger animals the first hint you see of it in the book is rabbits that have been infected and don't quite move right at one point alex shoots one of these rabbits to acquire some food, I believe. And, uh... The rabbit gets back up! Mm-hmm. There's also an interesting, almost symbiosis to the relationship as well, as we see with Madeline, who, as you may have guessed, deathly sick, about to die, unwell. She got the fungus in her. Madeline, um, fell in the lake and was underwater for I think it was several hours, right? Not just, you know, a couple minutes. Yeah, I think that's I think that's true. At which point the fungus got in and kept her alive. And it, between Madeline and the fungus there is this almost symbiotic relationship. Madeline is teaching the fungus how to be human and the fungus is doing what it can to keep her alive. Unfortunately, the fungus had to consume a lot of her lungs to keep her alive when she was in the water, so Madeline is dying. One of the really creepy things about this book is the realization that these hairs... that Ma- Madeline's been losing hairs, right? This is something that's pretty common when you have uh, certain sicknesses. So it's, yeah. you know, it, it it doesn't at first strike you as odd that, yeah, Madeline's hair has been falling out. Although it is a little strange that she still has plenty, but, you know, okay, shit's weird. And you don't really think about it past that, uh, because the human body's, body's a mystery, and we're used to overlooking that kind of thing from time to time. And, um, when it's revealed those quote-unquote hairs Madeline has been... Losing are actually fibers of mycelia. Oh boy. If I had a physical copy of the book, I borrowed the ebook. I likely would have shut it and um, sat back. Because that, that was a revelation. Revelation? I think that's the way it's said, yes. I actually do have a physical hard co- hardcover copy of the book. Um... I think I did put it down to pace for a minute at that point. Yeah. That's... If I had been more awake, I probably would have been pacing violently. (laughs) (sighs) Wow. I definitely enjoyed the book. Something that happens within the book that is kind of a neat detail is that 
for a while, Alex and their associates, uh, Roderick, as well as the doctor and mycologist, don't know if they too have uh, been got by the fun guy. So there's this kind of internal existential dread of I might be next. All of the things I am doing here and now to stop it might be futile. Mm. And that yeah. was Yeah. Yeah. So this whole fungus thing may be reminding some listeners of another franchise right now. I'm guessing The Last of Us. That was the name, yes. Which also uses cordyceps like fungus as the explanation behind a zombie plague. I would say that a major difference between what moves the dead and the last of us is what moves the dead is a lot more subtle and insidious about it. Yeah. Uh, what moves the dead is subtle. There is a lot of buildup that happens. And, you know, after the fact you go, Oh, Oh, but until you get, you know, like whacked in the face with it, Usually you don't put the dots together. I didn't, at least. There are plenty of hints given as to what's going on. Starting, actually, from the cover of the book itself. Which... Yeah, the cover of the book is pretty explicit about what's going to happen. Uh, and what is going on. You just don't put two and two together because you think, oh, it's just, uh, it's just being creepy for creepy's sake. You may not notice at first that the ring of mushrooms around the rabbit there is itself in the shape of a rabbit. <laughs> I didn't notice that until just now. Holy shit. Um, what I noticed, though, after reading, of course, was that there are little fine white hairs growing along both the rabbit and the fungus rabbit. Not unlike the little white hairs that grow off of Madeline. Mm-hmm. And there is actually a, another book coming out soon in this series as well, right? Oh, yeah. I did recently see... Uh, what Feasts at Night, which I am excited for that. I'm going to... Definitely get my hands on that as well, uh, as much as I may regret that. <laughs> yes, I wonder what fresh horror Kingfisher has cooked up for us in that one, because the cover art for that depicts a horse kind of disintegrating. Uh, more than kind of, it is in the process of disintegrating. The flesh peels away, revealing... Uh, bone and muscle, and, like, the lower half of the horse just flat out isn't there. So, what on earth that means, I have no idea. I'm certain it will mean something. Oh, for sure. And for any of our listeners that have not read What Moves the Dead, but are still listening because, I don't know, you're like that, Listeners who enjoyed 
the locked tomb books, I suspect, would enjoy these. This is, uh, I think, definitely the same kind of audience. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow, I actually, I, I have the Amazon page up so I could, you know, read the description on there for the start of the episode. And I just noticed an advert on what Mo- the What Moves the Dead page on Amazon for ninth for fans of Ninth House and Ghost Eaters. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely recommend it if you like horror, if you're easily squicked by body horror and especially like fungal things. I might recommend checking like does the dog die for specifics for you in particular or potentially not reading while it is good. I encourage our listeners to manage their spoons. Yes. On that note, actually, body horror tends to be a theme in King Fisher's work in general. Like Yes. While I enjoy body horror, that is very much a product of when and where I grew up and how I am as a person. Not, not everyone likes body horror. Uh, my parents, for example, who are likely no longer listening, I don't think would be folks who should read this just because I don't think they would enjoy it. Those elements of it would make the experience less fun for them. So there is that caveat. I heartily recommend it. But again, y'all, y'all know what you like. You, you know what you don't like. Yeah, so if if a retired soldier... Uh, figuring out in a crumbling gothic country manner what is wrong with their friends and discovering that the bioluminescent pond scum in the lake out front is what is wrong with their friends. And their friends aren't really their friends anymore. Their friends are the mycelium now. Fire and sulfur. Fire and brimstone is, I think, literally how they deal with it. Uh, yes, it is. They they dump a bunch of sulfur into the lake and uh, burn the house down. I approve. It is an eminently sensible solution to the problem. Yes. Um. And before we kind of move along, I liked... Now, I'm not myself a biologist or something of the sort that studies squishy things. And from what I could tell, it seems like mycology was used to produce this book. Which is a neat detail that I always appreciate. There was certainly more attention to the mechanics of fungi than what I am just passively aware of. I do know that Kingfisher does tend to put research into her novels. Uh, She has a very active social media presence on uh, Twitter and on Tumblr. Yeah, I I follow Kingfisher on Tumblr. Probably as a result of reading this book, which has been... Honestly... Pretty cool. I like the content there. That reminds me, I need to ch- check if check uh, the latest updates from Book of the Gear. That's a uh, 
play-by-poll choose-your-own-adventure thing that she's been running on Tumblr. It started on Twitter, and she's moved it over to Tumblr when they introduced polls. Uh, because Tumblr's better. Yes. The uh, the couple times she's run it on Twitter, uh, I've noticed that we die quickly. And so far, that hasn't happened yet on Tumblr. But nor have we fled back home to the cabbage farm. <laughs> I feel like that honestly might be the most lethal choice. I'm not going to lie. Well. Is that everything we have to say today about the wonderful work of T. Kingfisher, What Moves the Dead? It's a short book. Yeah, it's a short book. It's a good one. In the eternal words of Begalus Deculus, it's a short book. Go read it. <laughs> I am paraphrasing slightly and talking about a different book, but the words still apply. It's short. Go read. A short and savory little mouthful like a button mushroom. <sighs> I'm going to get you back for that one tonight. <laughs> Remember, decay exists as an extant form of life. Tell me the name of God, you fungal piece of shit. <laughs> All right. Well, do we have anything in the mailbag today, Ian? No new mail today. So if you'd like to change that, shoot us an email. Our address is fanfictapes at gmail.com. You can also leave us a comment on our YouTube channel or uh, a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also add us on Twitter. Yes, uh, I run our Twitter. We are at FanFictionTapes with a capital F and a capital T in the usual places you would expect capital letters if you were a programmer. Or if you're a normal person. And so long as you consider fanfiction to all be one word. True, true. But it's only one capital F, so... You know, that. I, I think the placing of that is implicit. If you have read something we've talked about here on this show, or think there is something that we should read or talk about, we would love to hear from you. Or alternately, if you take our reading suggestions and either love it or hate it, let us know. Yes, feel free to shout at us. We will be deeply entertained by your screams. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's about all for today. We don't have any guests, so I am and have been Maya. And I have been Ian. Until next time, bye. Bye.